Hello, I'm Ian Madison, a fellow in the International Development Department and the producer of the Refugee Realities podcast series. In this series, students from the course on Refugees and Forced Migration here at the LSE bring us interviews with a range of people on the topic, covering the policies and politics that shape asylum to the lived experiences of refugees themselves. In this episode, Natasha and Sarah explore Refugee Week UK, one of the inspirations for this podcast series. They highlight Refugee Week as a movement, not a moment, and bring in the role of coffee, comedy, and the arts in refugee solidarity work. You know those people who have so many ideas they leave you buzzing for hours? Usman Khalid and Emily Churchill-Zara are that and more offering seemingly endless ways to connect with ourselves and each other in refugee solidarity work. Natasha and Sarah talk to Usman and Emily about Refugee Week UK, the importance of storytelling, and how comedy and coffee can make a difference in refugee advocacy work. Natasha Menon and Sarah Doyle are master's students in the International Migration and Public Policy program at the LSE. Natasha is from Arizona and worked with migrants throughout her time as an undergraduate, and now she hopes to serve these communities as an attorney. Sarah is from Southern California and spent several years doing community-based work with migrants, the LGBTQI community, and individuals living with HIV in Washington, D.C. before coming to London. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome. My name is Sarah Doyle. And I'm Natasha Menon. And welcome to our podcast. We are two master's students in the International Migration and Public Policy Program at the London School of Economics and Political Science. And we are lucky to have with us two incredible guests joining our discussion centering on refugees and art, Usman Khalid and Emily Churchill-Zara. Usman is the founder and director of Haven Coffee. Founded in February, 2019, Haven Coffee is a social enterprise serving ethically sourced, fair trade, organic cups of specialty coffee with the social mission of breaking the false narratives about refugees in society. Emily is coordinator of Refugee Week with Counterpoints Arts, an arts and cultural festival celebrating the contributions of refugees, which is coming up on the 14th to the 20th of June. Refugee Week UK is a partnership project coordinated by Counterpoints Arts, which is a charity that supports and promotes the arts by and about refugees and migrants. We'd love to start off by learning a little bit more about who you are and the work you do. Osman, would you like to start us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, And uh, hello, everyone. And first of all, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting for this wonderful podcast. So as you already mentioned, uh, my name is Usman and uh, I'm the director and the founder of uh, a social enterprise called Haven Coffee. Uh, I started Haven Coffee back in 2019, February 2019, and the idea came uh, uh, from my own uh, personal love for the coffee. Uh, I, I'm being, being in this country since 2007 and uh, over the past 10, 11, 12 years, uh, I, I developed the love for the coffee, uh, a good quality coffee. Uh, and so the idea, the initial idea was to have a, a cafe of my own where I will uh, serve a very, very quality coffee uh, to local communities. And uh, But then the other side of the business 
was also comes through my own experiences, my own hardships. Uh, as a refugee myself, I went through uh, some very, very unpleasant uh, uh, situation over the last uh, couple of years, uh, like many years. Uh, so once I got my refugee status back, uh, back in 2015, then I thought, why not uh, pursue my dream of having my own cafe? But because of my own experiences, uh, it, sh it shaped up the idea into what Haven Coffee is today, which is a social enterprise uh, where we serve a very, very quality, high standard coffee to the communities, but also we attach a social mission with that, which is like you mentioned earlier, we break the false narratives into the society. And how we do that? We do it through uh, arts and culture. We uh, work with refugee artists and we promote their work. And we, uh, through this soft uh, campaigning, we try to raise awareness uh, about refugees uh, and migrants in the society. We also, on the side, run some uh, barista trainings for the refugees also uh, so they they can be more employable in the in the society and get integrated into the society through job market so yeah this is this is what what we are this is what haven coffee is all about wow thank you for sharing it's incredible that you've been able to turn your love of coffee into a community-centered enterprise emily what about your work at counterpoints arts uk Hey, um, great to be here. Thanks very much for having us. Um, so as you said, I work for an organization called Counterpoints Arts and we support and promote the arts by and about refugees and migrants. We are um, in normal times, uh, we're based in London, but we work nationally and internationally. Um, and I live in Birmingham. Um, and we coordinate a refugee week. Refugee week is a partnership, um, which is coordinated by us at Counterpoints Arts. And Refugee Week is a festival that happens every June around World Refugee Day, which is the, on the 20th of June, that uses arts and culture, education, um, community initiatives to help people to connect uh, with the experiences of refugees, understand the barriers um, and the injustices that refugees face, and and to give a platform for um, the voices and the perspectives and the creative work of refugees and people seeking safety. It aims to be a space where, where people with lived experience of displacement can be seen and heard on their own terms. Um, and I think one of the things that makes Refugee Week special and different to the work that our, um, the really um, brilliant work that our partners do the rest of the year is that it is, um, it aims to be a, a positive space, uh, a celebration of what people seeking safety bring to the UK or bring to the, the, the places where they seek safety um, and a celebration of welcome. It's really important to kind of, you know, sometimes you look at um, people uh, being held indefinitely in immigration detention or people drowning, seeking safety, or the kind of rhetoric that's increasingly kind of becoming mainstream around refugees and asylum seekers and you and you know you think how can you celebrate um we feel we feel it's really important to celebrate and to be to be proud of our um, diversity and to to celebrate the the things that people see, seeking the safety um 
achieve against you know incredible odds and I think um you know we refugee aims to be a kind of empowering space where people who are displaced are not are not confined by by that experience um of course it's really important that experience is spoken about but that there's also a space for people to to speak about other aspects of their identity or um achievements or um that they're not they're not kind of confined to that box the whole time and the last thing I wanted to say about Refugee Week is increasingly um, Refugee Week has really grown it's it's more than doubled in size since 2015 it's now in its 23rd year it was founded in 1998 and increasingly we're thinking about Refugee Week as as a network and as a movement and it's a decentralized um we call it an umbrella festival and that basically means that anybody can hold their own event or activity as part of Refugee Week. And all across the UK, in every region of England, in um, Scotland, there's Refugee Festival Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and also across um, the world, all kinds of different organisations, groups, individuals hold Refugee Week events and activities. So that ranges from kind of big arts institutions like the V&A, Shakespeare's Globe, British Museum, to grassroots refugees welcome groups, to universities, schools, faith communities. Um, and I think it's this, this real range that is the kind of the beating heart of Refugee Week and it's the strength of Refugee Week. And it means that together as a movement, we can reach audiences and make connections that we could never do alone. And that's a, you know, a real core piece of Refugee Week is about using arts and culture to reach audiences that wouldn't usually connect with this issue. Wonderful, thank you both. Um, I, I love this theme of kind of refugees being seen and heard on their own terms and the role of community in, in facilitating that, which seems to be you know, a common theme across bo both of your areas of work. And, in, in picking up a thread from what you, what you just mentioned, Emily, about kind of bringing people into the refugee advocacy movement through art who, who maybe otherwise wouldn't be as compelled to engage in it. I would love to hear first from you and then maybe Osman, if you would like to add anything, how you see the role of, of art more broadly in refugee advocacy work. And I know Osman, for you, you, um, you engage with humor and comedy. And so I, I would love to hear more about that from both of you. Um, Emily, maybe if you wanna speak on that first. So in, I think in recent years, there's probably, um, uh, there's, there's the kind of recognition has grown of the, the power that the arts can have in activism and, and campaigning. Um, and I think probably something we all know from our personal experience is that, connecting with an experience through arts and culture and um, whether that's like reading a book or watching a film can have a really kind of profound impact and and can stay with you in a way that seeing like a standard charity ad or reading an article in a newspaper um, doesn't have and I think definitely if you if you're thinking about the kind of NGO sector I think the idea of using arts and culture in in campaigning and advocacy has become more mainstream in recent years. I mean, we see Refugee Week it's as not as a, it's not a campaigning week. Um, it doesn't have a kind of specific policy ask. It's more about the broader cultural shift that we want to see. And I think, 
you know, for us at Counterpoints Arts, um, we strongly feel that art, I mean, we believe in art because we think it can do many different things. And I think, you know, one piece of this kind of narrative change work is about first person storytelling. And we know that when people hear, you know, somebody talking about something that's happened to them in their life directly, um, like a first person story, that can be really powerful in shifting people's attitudes and that and that's really important and we and we we that's something that we we do and we support through refugee week um but we also know that not everybody wants to t to share their stories in that way uh, for various reasons and also that there's kind of risks around sharing stories directly in that way you know one of the exciting and important things about art is that it can be a way for people to um, express their personal experiences in a in a less direct way um, that maybe does not confine them to a certain experience or identity in the same way. And I think No Direction Home stand-up comedy project is one example that comes to mind. And that's a, a project that um, we coordinate at Counterpoints Arts that, that Osman is, um, is, is a stand-up comic with this project. Um, and I was just thinking when I was thinking about um, joining you for this podcast about... Um, you know, it's it's a it's a project that supports uh, people that haven't done comedy before from refugee migrant backgrounds and does comedy workshops and then they do um, stand up comedy. And I, I remember last refugee week I invited my dad to come and see No Direction Home, which was um, on Zoom during or just after lockdown. And I think he was, you know, thought it would be a kind of very wholesome kind of yeah, come and support refugees. And then um, it was absolutely filthy. And <laughs> I remember I like spotlighted his face and he just looked absolutely horrified. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, it's really, that is, that's uh, not answering your question about advocacy and campaigning, but I think it's just an example of where um, it's important for these spaces to be created where people are not just asked to talk about their trauma or just, um, I mean, I think, you know, if you, if you've had that experience, it does inform what you have to say probably in, in quite a profound way a lot of the time but that you're not always expected to ex express it in a certain way. Thank you Emily and Usman if, if there's anything that you'd like to add especially about comedy and no no direction home then please please feel free but if if not that's fine as well. Uh, no uh, Emily actually uh, summed it up very eloquently and uh, she talked everything prob uh, probably. Uh, I would just like to probably add something more into the, to the same conversation about, uh, Emily mentioned about the storytelling. Uh, and she said that it's understandable. Sometimes it's very difficult to speak about what you want to say, especially it's about your past experiences, about your story. Uh, but art and particularly comedy is a medium where you can uh, tell your story in a way which it doesn't feel very heavy uh, as well. Uh, and secondly, through comedy, you can uh, say things which you cannot say otherwise. Uh, so there is a, like the pitch to play in, on a comedy field is very, very wide as compared to any other art form uh, probably. Uh, so that is uh, why I also uh, choose to start 
comedy gigs uh, uh, at Haven as well. And I started, of course, I started performing at with No Direction Home. Uh, wasn't too good. So <laughs> I thought that uh, it's time to go behind the scenes uh, and behind the stage and give people a chance who are worthy. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, this was the idea and that's why I choose uh, uh, the art to, 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 to portray the message uh, because art has a has a un- universal language. There is no everyone understand the language. Everyone understand music. Everyone uh, enjoy a music. Everyone relate themselves. Doesn't matter wherever they are, whichever part of the world they are from. They can relate themselves with the songs, with the music. They can relate themselves with the jokes, with the laugh. So that was the idea behind me to get into the arts. Uh, because I again believe that arts is a backbone of a society. You take take it out of of the system, then nothing nothing left uh, in the society. And uh, so I think that's that's my understanding. Thank you so much both for those thoughtful answers. As Osman, as you mentioned, art is universal, and it can, as Emily stated, create a cultural shift and really allow refugees to connect with larger audiences. But I'm curious as to the impact on the refugees themselves, really how these artistic and social spaces support refugees. Emily, would you like to start? Sure, I think um, obviously one piece is about self-expression and um, having a space where you can um, express yourself and speak about your experiences in a way that's safe and um, that's kind of, you know, that, that you're in control of. And I think there's something about, I mean, I have done this job for nearly six years, or more than six years, but my, my job before this was coordinating a storytelling project at a, a migrant centre. And I remember really feeling throughout that project that, you know, a lot of people that go through the asylum system are asked to tell their story again and again and again and they have to tell it in exactly the same way and they have to tell it in a way that that kind of proves their their right to be here and in a way that will you know will be pleasing to the, to the home office basically um, and I remember feeling during that project that how powerful it was for people to take back control um, to coin a phrase <laughs> of their own uh, of their own stories and to tell it the way that they want to tell it obviously moving somewhere new particularly if you know as a as a refugee or someone seeking asylum um it's really disempowering in so many ways you oftentimes have no money um have very little control over what's going to happen to you and i think you know when these projects are done well they can help bring about a shift in the way that you see yourself and that kind of power dynamic, I think there's another project that we supported called um, Borderline, um, which is also a comedy project. A few years ago, they were our artists in res- residency at a theatre company called Psych Delight, and they um, came out of a, a theatre project in the Calais, um, quote unquote, jungle. And it was like a satire about the Calais camp. And a lot of the actors were people who had come through the Calais camp themselves. And um, for some of the actors, that was like the first thing they did when they came to the UK was they became part of this like um, satire company, which became very successful. And, you know, some of them started that process with, with like 
very little um, English. And I think to have that experience of, you know, no, I'm the person that's making people laugh. No, I'm the person that's up here on the stage and everyone's here to come and watch me. There's that, that kind of shift in the power dynamic, I think is really powerful. And that project is also a really good example of how these arts projects can, can become or, or can create community across all kinds of, of, of different divides. And um, you know, that was a project that really became, became like a family, really, that cast. And obviously people were going through so much in terms of their um, immigration status. Um, and that was, you know, that was their, I think for a lot of, of the cast, really their home um, was, was, was that, was that um, theatre company. Those projects sound incredible. Osman, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, so we don't just run comedy gigs. We also run uh, exhibitions, art exhibitions. So currently, I'm working with uh, one of one of the artists who's like uh, on our current exhibition, which is uh, which is launching during Refugee Week. It will be a virtual uh, exhibition. So the guy, he's an asylum seeker and uh, uh, started drawing uh, once he started having these issues uh, with the with his asylum case and all that stuff. And he started that and now he is drawing to get his voice heard. This is a kind of way for him to, to deal with, with the stress. It's a way forward for him. And he's he's drawing, and he's 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 very talented. I worked with back in two thousand nineteen uh, and eighteen. I worked uh, with another organization called Music Action International, uh, run by a wonderful person, uh, Liz Murphy. So uh, it's a it's a beautiful concept. They work with uh, traumatized people uh, from different countries, and they are here uh, due to due to those. Uh, reasons and they work with those uh, people and they work with them through music so what these young people or migrants uh, uh, from different parts parts of world these refugees or asylum seekers what they do is they create their own lyrics they create their own music uh, with uh, uh, and then they sing uh, their own songs or at different uh, events they feel good about it and of course it's a kind of uh, catharsis for them one more example. I am also coordinating with another another organization. It's a film production company. I'm organizing uh, coordinating with them on a film uh, uh, which talks about uh, forced migration, where I met a couple of people uh, who are migrated uh, here and who are refugees, and they talked about their stories, and then they talked about how they are coping up with their uh, with their day to day life. Someone is doing. Uh, uh, beatboxing and someone is uh, uh, creating music someone is uh, writing poetry so all these art forms are a way for these people to to keep intact uh, with themselves and to keep intact with the society as well Asman, what you're describing i think really speaks to the idea emily mentioned earlier of the importance of celebrating refugees and creating diverse spaces for their self-expression. Speaking of, Refugee Week UK is June 14th to June 20th. Emily, you've given us 
some insight into Refugee Week as not really, not an event or even, even just a festival limited to, to many events, but part of a broader movement and constituting a movement in and of itself um, nationally and internationally. So I'd love to just hear more about you know, what is on your mind as we move into Refugee Week in particular this year, um, whether it's about this year's theme or kind of contemporary events? Yeah, lots of things that my, on my mind at this point in the year <laughs> with about two weeks to go. Um, I think this past year has been really interesting for the Refugee Week um, movement, obviously a lot of movement, network and community have been um, really badly affected by uh, COVID and, you know, particularly isolated and last year refugee was entirely online. Um, so they thought a lot about um, how to ensure access for people who don't have internet access. So including um, people, sometimes people in asylum accommodation. So that was a big thing. And at the same time, moving online really has enabled us to kind of convene much more often and more deeply as a as a movement and um, and we also had something that we called the Refugee Week Slow Conference which was a series of workshops spread across six weeks throughout um, February and March so thinking about Refugee Week as a movement and also a moment that spark projects or collaborations that that last a lot longer than the week um, so one piece of that is is Refugee Week being a space where all of these different people and organizations and groups can come together to share learning, to um, network, and also to ask the, the kind of bigger questions about the work that we do. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. And it was really good during the, the slow conference, we had sessions on, you know, how do we support lived experience leadership within our movement? How do we make Refugee Week in our organizations more refugee-led? Um, what does like Black Lives Matter mean for refugee solidarity work? Um, what are the kind of ethical and political questions around storytelling? And those sessions, I mean, they had, I think all of them had more than 100 people. And it, yeah, it, it felt very important that Refugee Week could be this space for those, those bigger questions. That is, you know, it's one week in the year, but it's also a week, hopefully, that, that changes us as well as changing the world in whatever way that we can. And yeah, I think in terms of where Refugee Week sits in, in the campaigning and advocacy work that happens the rest of the year, I think it's threefold. I think number one, it's about reaching wider audiences through this soft arts and culture-led approach, helping people see that this issue um, concerns everybody and everybody can get involved and using our arts and culture to, to help those wider audiences be welcomed in and, and connect. Number two, it's about the kind of what we might call like passive sympathizers. So people that are sympathetic to, to the refugee rights issues, but maybe not actively involved. And I think for some of our, some refugee partners, refugee is a really important moment for, for actually activating those people and them coming on board. And then the third thing is about strengthening and deepening um, our kind of active movement in the way that I've, I've spoken about. And I think Refugee Week is at its best when it sparks like collaborations that last well, well beyond Refugee Week. That's a perfect segue into our last question for you, Emily, which is where can our listeners 
you know, follow Counterpoints Arts and Refugee Week and how, how can they get involved? Um, what's, what is the call to action to, to be in solidarity with, with refugees during this week and throughout the entire year? Um, so we can be found um, on uh, online at the Counterpoints Arts website and the Refugee Week website and also on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Um, and the best way to keep up to date with both Counterpoints Arts and Refugee Week is to sign up to our newsletters, which you can do via our websites. Um, and we'd really love everybody listening to join us in celebrating Refugee Week uh, from 14th to 20th of June. And you can do that by joining an event. There'll be hundreds of events, both um, online and some in-person events taking place during the week, which you can find on our website. And also by doing a simple act, which are um, simple everyday things that everybody can do to connect with refugee experiences and, um, and stand with people seeking safety. Um, so there are things like read a book, watch a film, start a conversation, and they can also be found on the Refugee Week website. So hope that everybody listening will join us for Refugee Week this year. Thank you so much, Emily. And for our listeners, we'll be sure to include all of those details in the show notes so that they're easily accessible. And um, I'm sure that many, if not all of our listeners will be interested in getting involved. Turning back to you, Usman, in thinking about this year's theme for Refugee Week UK, we cannot walk alone. What does solidarity with refugees mean to you? How should non-refugees think about acting in solidarity with refugees and how can they put that into practice? I think uh, this team never walk, walk alone. Uh, very, very relevant in recent years. Uh, and if I narrow it down in last two years since pandemic, so many people had to face isolation. So many people uh, stuck uh, away from their relatives. So many people stuck in their houses. So many people had to go through this pain of just no one else is around them. And think about uh, someone who has to go through that day, day in and day out forever since they first came to this country. So if you think about that, if you take that one year of your isolation or two years of your isolation, and then think about those people who are living continuously in isolation or are continuously living without any friends or continuously living under a fear, not a fear of pandemic, but under a fear of uh, a home office or living under a fear of uh, racism or those basic fears. So I think it's, it's, it's very, very relevant in recent years, like uh, portray the message, just we want to uh, talk about this idea of that we cannot walk alone, regardless of whoever you are, regardless of wherever you are, we need each other for a healthy society. That's a powerful image to end on. On that note, we really wanted to thank you for taking the time to speak with us. 
I'm sure listeners will want to connect with the amazing community you've created. So where can people find more about you and follow Haven Coffee? Yeah, the best ways, uh, just like Emily said, the best ways our social uh, platforms like our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so our Instagram handle is Haven underscore coffee. It's, it's the same for Twitter. And uh, then uh, if you sign up for the, our newsletter, you will get the latest news also in your, in your email. We are also running a comedy gig, like I mentioned earlier, on 19th of June uh, with the name of La Facino, where different comedians with a refugee background, they are going to perform. And then we always have a guest headliner also. So this time we have Susie Ruffle uh, as a guest headliner. So you, if, you, if you like a nice uh, evening out, uh, uh, then do join us for the, for the gig. Uh, physically, you can find all us uh, at the moment uh, on weekend on Brick Lane, uh, where we have our uh, stall, weekend stall, market stalls. And uh, uh, we are also in a process of uh, getting our first permanent shop in July uh, in Walthamstow, where, where I live. So once that will be, will be done, then we will be, you can find us there also. Well... Sarah and I have learned a lot, and we hope that listeners have too. On behalf of the LSC International Development Department, we want to thank you for being part of this larger series. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out the other podcasts on the department's SoundCloud. And a big thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Refugee Realities podcast series, hosted by the Department of International Development at the LSE. We have more episodes on the way, so please do stay tuned.